Good evening, we'd like to welcome audiences to episode 9 of Alki, the gamified music improvisation podcast. We're very lucky to be recording this week in the Kunstraum performance and exhibition space in East London. My name's Benedict and joining me as always is the prolific multi-instrumentalist and music producer Andy Lowe. Hey everyone. Hey Andy, so we're very fortunate this week to be joined by two excellent guest musicians. So first of all, we have Tom Caton. Hello, how are you? Hey Tom, so what instruments do you have with you, Tom? I've brought with me uh, an electric bass and double bass, and I'll be swapping between the two. Excellent. So that's the upright jazz bass you've got there. Yes, definitely. So can you tell us anything about your instruments? Well, I've got with me, um, the electric is a sire, Marcus Miller, five string with some flat wound strings on it which i enjoy playing quite a lot and um the double bass i don't even know what it is actually it's it's old and beaten up and it i enjoy playing it sounds great feels nice to play well it certainly looks very impressive and also joining us tonight we have ableton certified trainer and electronic musician thomas glendening hello everybody so what do you have with you tonight Tonight I have got my laptop essentially with uh, Ableton Live and I'm going to be controlling that via the Ableton Push MIDI controller and I'm going to be playing some percussion, drums, etc. Excellent. So you'll be doing some loop-based work and finger drumming perhaps? Yeah, a little bit of both. We'll do, I'll, I'll sort of sequence some loops and uh, maybe do some stuff on the fly with finger drumming yeah just see where it goes okay and you'll be playing through your laptop indeed i will so I, in uh, ableton live i decided to go for a fairly minimal setup i've got three different drum kits set up i've got one sample based drum kit with a whole bunch of different drum sounds in it that i can switch between and morph their sounds a little bit i have my own uh drum synth that i've made which has got a bunch of synthesized drum sounds so i can kind of tweak those and change them into different sounds which is pretty fun and morph them on the fly um, and then I've got just one of my, one of my personal favorite drum machines. Uh, it's a, a sample-based instrument of the MFB 522 uh, analog drum machine. And then those are all just running through a couple of uh, effects, delays, reverbs, various things that I can use to process them. Wow, we'll certainly look forward to listening to those. Now, Andy Lowe, what instruments do you have with you tonight? Well, as usual, Ben, I've got the alto saxophone and electric guitar, which I might dip into now and then. Excellent. And also, running the desk tonight, we're very lucky to have Kunstraum's curator, Thomas Cuckle, who we'd like to thank for hosting us here this week. Hi. Okay, so let's move on to the first jam of the night, which we call the classic three-note jam. Andy Lowe, what can you tell us about this jam? The three-note jam's pretty straightforward. It begins with three randomly selected notes of the 12 that there are to choose from, and we have to start the jam using only those three notes, although we can add in more as it progresses. That's right. And the three notes can be used in any combination, in any octave, and we can deviate from them as soon as the jam starts. They're only a starting point. Right. So, Thomas, if you could use your app there to generate some numbers. So, I have rolled some dice, some virtual dice, and I have come up with three numbers. Those three numbers are 11, 5, and 4. So can we convert those numbers into musical notes? Start from A. So 11 would be what? Uh, so 11 would be um, G. Cool. So we've got G. 5 would be C, C sharp. sharp. Yeah, C sharp. And then 4 would be presumably C. Yeah. So what have we got? We've got C, C sharp, and G. Cool. I've got to then transpose them again. <laughs> For the saxophone, which is not an instrument that plays in C. I'm, I'm also going to have to transpose them to my non-pitched percussion. <laughs> and I'm going to select three percussion sounds. So I'm going to select a uh, sort of fairly conventional kick drum, hi-hat, and snare type sound with maybe the occasional extra cymbal in there. Okay. Excellent. So uh, that's what Tom will be playing. But what will Tom be playing? Tom will be playing an, the electric bass, and that will require no transposing. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay, how about you, Andy? I'll be on the saxophone for this one, but who's starting it off? Okay, I'll start this one off, and I'm going to be using this, um, this Wurlitzer multi-sample. Okay, let's have a jam. Thank you. 
Yes, I think my favourite part of that was when Andy and I dropped out and it was just the bass and drums and it, it turned into this cool break section. Yeah, a nice kind of almost hip-hop-y kind of feel to it at times. Yeah. I felt like a rapper ought to have um, started spitting at that moment. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, I thought that was great. I think it had been so loud and raucous and full up to that point and it was like we sort of jumped off the edge of a cliff in a way and it was went so subdued and but funky at the same time. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought throughout sort of uh, we started the jam kind of a little bit messy and then we kind of all gradually sort of glued together a little bit near the end and by the end we were all kind of grooving together. Yeah. We had a nice, nice yeah, solid yeah. groove going. And that the three notes that we started with, it doesn't always happen like this, but they basically just became a riff which was there. Someone was playing that riff at almost every point yeah. during the jam. Yeah, we got lucky with the notes that they worked quite well. As a nice little motif almost. Yeah. Great. So next up, it's time for a patch exchange. And first, we'd like to ask Ableton certified trainer Thomas Glendening to explain what a patch is. Thomas, is it something I might sew onto my elbow? That is technically correct. It is also a term for a program or a preset or a pre-configured sound on a synthesizer. Excellent. Now, under usual circumstances, Andy and I would go back to our studios and program synthesizer patches on our laptops for each other to use in this jam. But uh, what's different this week, Andy? Uh, so what's different about it this time is that neither Ben or I have any idea what these sounds are going to be like because Tom has very kindly created both patches for us. 
you say kindly now, but you haven't heard the patches yet. <laughs> yeah, I may change my tune after we've played the tune. Yeah, so thank you very much for doing that, Thomas. Now, um, Andy, would you like to play the first of these patches made for us by Ableton certified trainer Thomas Glendening? I'd love to. This is where we find out whether it all works as well. So let's, yeah. let's hear a bit. Oh. Wow, that's nice. So that's an arpeggiator. That is an arpeggiator, yes. Working on the sound and somehow going into a, a kind of loop there. Uh, the sound itself is really nice. It's quite mellow, um, almost like a wind instrument. Um, so I'm guessing it's, you know, quite a, a nicely filtered sound, but I'm not sure which synth is producing it. So this is a patch that I made for a pack I released um, of Ableton presets. Uh, the pack is itself is called Ops, so it was a pack of arpeggiated synth presets. And so this is one of those presets that was built from a sample of a woodwind instrument. In this case, it sounds like an, an oboe flute type instrument. Um, in fact, I, th I think it is a combination of several different woodwind instruments layered on top of one another. Those are then added to Ableton's sampler instrument. So a sampler is something that lets you load in a recording of a sound and play that back. Um, and then in Ableton, you can add all sorts of effects and uh, map different controls to this to configure the way that the instrument behaves. So I've set these all up into something called a rack, um, and that has a bunch of controls mapped that can then manipulate the sound. So I have actually given you two of those controls that you will be able to manipulate. So I can change the sound in two ways, and I don't yet know what those ways will be. Okay, I'm going to try the first macro now and see what happens. That sounds like it's adding a bit of space, some reverb coming in. I'm going to try the second one. Oh, okay, that's speeding up the arpeggiator, it's increasing the rate, so we can get some really fast. Wow, up to super fast rate levels. That's cool. So uh, yeah, you were pretty bang on there. So the, the second one is definitely controlling the rate of the arpeggio. And the first one is actually controlling a macro that is labeled open closed. So you, you said it sounded like it was getting more open and, and had some space. And that's exactly what's happening. And how are you doing that? Is it with reverb plugins or is there more to it? So yes, yeah, so, so it does a number of things. So because in Ableton, you can map a single control to control multiple different things. So it kind of opens up the decay of the patch a little bit so, so that you get a little bit more of the tail of the sound and uh, increases a, a reverb that's on the sound as well. Excellent. So now I'm going to try and play my patch, which Thomas has crafted for me. Ah. So we have some kind of pad with a slow attack and I'm trying to identify what your root oscillators might be. I, I will give you some money if you can figure it out because it's not very conventional. Okay, so... So I think it's an actual um, synth rather than a sample. Have I narrowed it down that far? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately, okay. it is a sample. Okay. So. Um, although I, I may be cheating you a little bit there because it is a sample of a synth that has been processed quite heavily. You want to have a, one more guess and then I'll tell you what it is. It's unlikely that I'll be able to guess the, <laughs> the, so, the sample. So I've been, I've been quite cruel here um, because this is definitely, well, I haven't really been that cruel, but it is quite a difficult one to guess. So this is another uh, sound from a pack of presets that I've, I've created called Frozen Grains. And it mm. is a, a set of presets based on granular synthesis. Ah. So I've taken various bits and pieces of synth gear um, from sort of analog sources 
recorded those and then processed those uh, sounds in a whole bunch of different ways, lots of different effects, delays, distortions, reverbs, but then ultimately run it through a granular processor, which takes the sound and splits it up into tiny little chunks and plays back those chunks in various different ways, backwards, forwards, loops them, adds them over one another, and creates this kind of big sort of thick texture. Mm. Um, that texture, which I then record, is then put into Ableton's sampler as well, um, which can then be played back as an instrument. Sounds good. So I'm now going to have a go at these macro controllers. Now, that sounds like it's actually adding a second layer there. Is that just a level control on a second oscillator? So, yeah, that's pretty much what it's doing. So the, the patch is set up that there are actually two, so those granular samples that I spoke about, there are two samples at any one time uh, loaded into the patch, and the macro you were just controlling is the blend between those two different samples. So you can, yeah, you can either have just completely one uh, sample A or completely sample B or various blends in between the two. Okie doke, thank you. So here is my second macro. So that sounds like some kind of low-pass filter. Bang on, that's exactly what it is. Lovely. Okay, thank you very much. So, Thomas, I'd like you to start this one, please. Now, obviously, the arpeggiator in Andy's patch is BPM-synced, so will you be using any kind of uh, BPM-synced aspect on your percussion? Indeed, I will. So what I've done is I've set up uh, something called Ableton Link between my laptop, which is running Ableton, and Ben's laptop, which is also running Ableton, which uh, Andy is playing the patch through. And what Ableton Link does is just over a wireless connection, tempo syncs the two so that if I change the tempo, your tempo will follow along mm -hmm. and, and we can both be at the same tempo. So I'm going to start off by just getting a, a basic drum pattern going and then can go from there. Excellent. Okay. Tom Caton, what are you going to be playing on this jam? I'm going to be playing electric bass again, but mess with the sound a little bit. It's a, I should have said earlier, it's a five string with a PJ setup, so a precision pickup and a jazz pickup. And I'm going to roll onto the um, jazz pickup on the, on the bridge for a little bit of a more kind of nasal sound, something slightly different. Excellent. Okay, thank you. Right. When you're ready. Thank you. 
getting to play around with the arp rate in that one and sort of it's toying with that boundary line between when they're repetitions where you're hearing lots of different notes to that point where it becomes more like one note with a tremolo on it and going back mm. and forth between one and the other sometimes kinds of shifts from something musical to a little bit more kind of textural mm. than yeah, yeah, yeah I like I re- it. it's a lot yeah. i really like what you're doing with the arp up there because uh, I mean when I was building those presets I very much intended they were like the idea was that they would be held and it would just be like a continuous up but you were kind of playing it more like on and off kind of notes um, like almost playing the, the up like a, a different kind of instrument which was quite cool I really enjoyed yeah. how you, you played with that yeah. um, and it felt it felt like the, the jam had like two distinct sections there which were quite nice it started off with kind of like a sort of no such thing if anyone knows no such thing like kind of vibe and then shifted then uh, Ben, you started doing some really interesting, like atmospheric stuff with that pad. It kind of almost became a bit of like a burial type ah, jam yes. at the end, mm-hmm. like quite a dark, garagey. Yeah, definitely. In the second half. Yes, um, you made me realise. Um, I've never done a patch exchange where I had a low pass filter. Um, I would have, th- I would have thought you would have never done a patch exchange where you didn't have a low pass filter. <laughs> no, um, Andy Lowe has never given me a low pass filter. <laughs> You're giving him ideas now. <laughs> um, but I've um, made a mental note. Uh, you'll, well, you'll get nothing but low pass filters yeah, now. That's yeah. fine by me. A sine um, wave with a low pass filter. Oh, next God, time. oh beautiful, beautiful. Um, I actually think you can't low pass a sine wave. I think that might be the point. Oh right, sorry, sorry. Uh, it's being, it's being cruel. Right. Um, yes. Uh, so, Thomas, how did it feel hearing your patches being put to use? It was very cool because uh, I am not any kind of melodic musician. I'm a, a drummer originally by trade and uh-huh. rhythm is kind of my area. So mm. it's very interesting building uh, synth patches because I can't really push them to their full potential. So it's really, I always love hearing uh, actual keyboard players, not just me noodling playing random notes I, I love hearing actual keyboard players playing those patches because i can sort of hear ah okay that's that's what you can do with it mm. which is pretty cool excellent okay so what music have we all been listening to this week andy how about you mm, well i've been listening to a lot of the wiggles recently i have children and that's their recent most favorite <laughs> musical artist and actually their songs are pretty good they're very catchy once they get in your head they're very hard to get rid of <laughs> But out of my own free will, I've been listening to a fellow saxophonist called Joe Northwood. Um, Joe and I actually started out having saxophone lessons with the same teacher, and he's gone on to form a jazz trio based in Cardiff. And I've been listening to his album, Taking Flight, from 2017, which is really sublime, laid-back cafe jazz, really. Tom Caton, what have you been listening to recently? A real uh, bit of a weird mix, really. Um, on the way here, actually, I was listening to the new song by a band called Igor, which is spelt with three R's at the end. Quite, I know, quite an experimental, a bit of every style thrown in, quite heavy at times, quite electronic. 
uh, kind of the brainchild of one one guy. Uh, they've got a song called Very Noise, which is exactly what it says on the tin, but um, that's very good. In contrast to that, um, a guy called William Wilde, uh, his EP called Steady Now, which is lovely, really, really beautiful music. So those two, quite a lot. Excellent. Do you think Andy Lowe's children might like listening to that? To Igor, probably, yeah, yeah. I bet they would, yeah. It's quite like the Wiggles, yeah. <laughs> Thomas, uh, Ableton certified <laughs> fellow, uh, what have you been listening to recently? So, recently I have a playlist that I've constructed which has various artists that I am influenced by in my own music making. Because um, what I... I find tends to happen when I'm making music if I'm listening too much to one artist I just make music that sounds like that artist which no one wants to do that we want to be original so I've got a playlist with various different um, artists in there that range from John Coltrane to Flying Lotus to One Tricks Point Never uh, Jimi Hendrix all sorts um, yeah so I've been listening to a whole bunch of things at the moment I just stick that playlist on put it on shuffle and uh, let let my uh, iTunes take me where it will through those various artists do you like listening to the same song more than twice within a short period of time uh yes i will if, if i'm into a song i will listen to it on repeat about a hundred times if i must if i must um quite often if i'm uh if i do when i'm listening because often when i'm listening to music uh i'm i'm listening with a mind to making music as well so i'm listening for little production things I can pick up on uh, or ideas that not to steal but to be influenced by so I'll often listen to a track multiple times and pick up on different bits and pieces in it and and um, if I'm, if I'm going to pick one artist from that shuffle that definitely influences me the most uh, that would be Flying Lotus so I spend a lot of time listening to Flying Lotus music and you can listen to it lots of times because there's lots of depth and layers and multiple things to be picked up and learned etc Excellent. So, uh, Alki podcast host Benedict, what have you been listening to recently? This week I finally got round to listening to something that came out last year. Um, it's an album that was re-released and remastered from 1998. Um, it's a band called Cradle of Filth. Um, it's the album Cruelty and the Beast, which um, back when I was young, in my youth, I'd never heard anything like it before. It's the kind of the, the mix of uh, metal riffs and gothic keyboard sounds that I'd never heard anything like. It was of the technology of the time, uh, so it doesn't sound very current anymore. But it was massively influential to me and sparked an interest in making orchestral music using a keyboard. I wouldn't recommend anyone bother with a remastered version. I think the original is good. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a brilliant album. Cruelty and the Beast by Cradle of Filth. What are some of the uh, tracks on that one? They have tracks called um, Cruelty Bought the Orchids and Desire in Violent Overture and oh, uh, Wargasm. I sense a theme. Yes. Yeah, they're a fun band, Cradle of Filth. No, I've come across them. Yeah, they're great fun. <laughs> Excellent. Right, thank you. So we're going to move on to our third jam of the night, which is called The Cantus Firmus. And Andy Lowe, could you tell us about this jam, please? Sure. What we do in a Cantus Firmus jam is take a small selection of notes from a very well-known tune and use them in a different way. We stretch them out and make them a, a bass line or just a basis for playing other stuff on top of it. And today's tune we're using is the very famous tune actually played by Big Ben, the iconic... The Bells um, of Westminster. Yeah, so let's have a listen to that tune first off and we'll remember how that sounds. So, yep. Um, ironically, despite the Cantus Firmus literally describing something that repeats steadfastly without variation, 
we're going to be treating it like any other jumping off point and once the pattern has started we're free to deviate from it. Um, now actually um, Tom Caton is going to be starting off this one. I am, I am. Okay, so do you have your four notes? I do, I do. So what are you going to be playing on this one? I'm going to be switching to the double bass, the upright bass. Ah, very good. Okay, and how about Thomas Glendening? So for the last few jams, I've been playing on my sample-based drum machine. I'm going to switch over to the synthesized drum machine ah. uh, so that I can maybe manipulate some of the sounds on the fly. We'll see how that goes. Very good. And how about you, Andy? I'll be playing the saxophone again on this one. What about you, Ben? Now, I'm going to be using this multi-sample contact instrument of a glockenspiel layered with crowtails. Do you know what crowtails are? I do not. Please explain. They are small tuned cymbals, which sound like this. So that is the sound of a glockenspiel layered over a crowtail. I think a very appropriate sound for this bell-based jam. However, uh, I've made it more interesting by putting a bit crusher on, so it sounds like this. Sounds, sounds pretty bit crushery to me. It sounds pretty good. Bit crushed, Ben. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, Tom, please begin. seaside jam that was it was sort of a big ben calypso <laughs> yeah it would have sounded good with a ukulele in fact it's a shame yeah that... like an offbeat kind of yes. would have worked yeah yes next time next time i always like to throw one in that's in a major key and i suppose we were led in that direction by our starting tune mm -hmm. but i find we we tend towards uh minor quite often mm. That was, I guess you run the risk with, with major stuff, particularly in that kind of style of sounding a bit twee, uh, um, yeah. a bit 
Uh, I don't know. A, l- a little bit Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> a bit Wiggles, yeah. <laughs> That's right. In fact, I think we should sell that track to the Wiggles. Brilliant. So it's time to introduce an all-new jam this week. For this jam, we'll be taking a newspaper from the local area and selecting a headline from any of the pages. The job of the starting musician is to play something that matches the tone and register of the headline, a reaction to the words. So basically, you have to be inspired by the periodical. Gentlemen, let's play in periodical. Okay, now, Tom, what newspaper do you have there? I have here the London Evening Standard. Excellent. And I'd like you, please, to select a headline from there. You can be having a look through. Okay. Okay. Got it here. Very good. And while Tom is looking through the London Evening Standard, I'd like to ask Thomas what you're going to be playing for this Inspiriodical Jam. So I'm going to move back to my sample-based drum instrument, but what I'm going to do differently is I'm going to play the entire jam through a low-pass filter. Wow. So I'm only going to get low frequencies. Okay. And how about you, Andy? I'm switching on to the electric guitar today. I'm going to keep it clean. Very good. And I'm going to be playing this 8DO prepared piano multi-sample, which sounds like this. It's two instances of 8DO's prepared piano along with 8DO's plucked piano, layered one octave apart. Now, I'm going to be starting this one, but I think, Tom, you need to select for us a headline from which we can be inspired. Well, I can, I can see from the cover that there is a there was a £500,000 raid on Football Stars Mansion. My teenage son and I can't wait to watch season two of Filthy Funny Sex Education ah. in separate rooms. <laughs> Apparently it's very good. I've heard, I've yeah, heard. I've heard good things. High Street in full-blown crisis as sales fall again. There you go. You see, that's what I was expecting all of them to be like. They are all like that. Yeah. Is there a crossword? There is. It. <laughs> I, how life at Fox News became a horror show. Ooh. That's a good one. Was it ever not a horror show, though? I, ha- I found one that's spoken to me. Tea crisis or apocalypse? Sorry, I was going to ask you to read a headline from the London Evening Standard. Yes. That was from in there? That was in in here. <laughs> I've got, I, I read it off the page, yeah. What was it again? Tea crisis or apocalypse. It's a very strong distinction, a crisis or an apocalypse. There's not, yeah. Is it T-E-A, like the, tea, like the drink? Tea. It's not, not to do with golf. No. <laughs> or t-shirts. Quite a lot. Excellent. Okay. Right. Okay, Tom, you can discard that copy of the London Evening Standard in an appropriate recycling receptacle. I will, I will. And let's have a jam.
The big question is, was that a crisis or an apocalypse? That was definitely an apocalypse. I think it might have been, yeah. I, I have visions of, of uh, zombie clowns and carnival of hell. Zombie clowns is exactly what it sounded like. Sounds like zombie clowns to me. Well, it kind of had um, Muppets music um, kind of at the core of that, along with um, Dembo, the drum beat that you're doing that. Yeah. That's the... the, Dembo. So like a reggaeton. Yeah. Reggaeton or um, Mm. Niger. Yes. Vibe. With uh, some guitars that sounded kind of spaghetti western-ish. I tried to accentuate the sense of things falling apart by... Detuning and retuning my low E string. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was really, that no, was really it nice. Was, I was trying to you, kind you, of. You were doing some slides in the bass as well. It l- like. Trying to time Ooh. time little things in with you. Yeah, yeah, I try to play off against each other. Yeah, there. it had a very kind of jangly puppet vibe mm-hmm. to it, like a marionette kind of yeah. thing, maybe. Very unsettling. No, coming to a horror film near you. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. So we'll be finishing off tonight with a round of trigger cards. Andy, could you tell us what this involves in a jam, please? It usually involves a whole load of fun. We don't know what's going to happen in this jam. We'll start it off however we like, or one person will lead us off. And we each have a card, which is known only to the person holding the card, which will reveal at the point, whatever point we choose during the jam, and the other musicians have to follow the instructions that are on it. Could you give an example of some of the things that might be on the cards? Cards might tell us to play with more notes or fewer notes, to speed up or slow down, louder, softer, or to change the style or key that we're playing in. Very good. Um, And we've now already distributed the trigger cards amongst ourselves. And afterwards, we will reveal what cards we all used. So keen-eared listeners may go back and identify the points at which the cards were triggered. Now, what are we all going to be playing for this one? How about Thomas Glendening? So I haven't actually used it yet. Is uh, I'm going to be playing the sampled version of a MFB 522 drum machine, Ah. which sort of sounds... Kind of like that. It's a little bit like an 808-type drum machine. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give that a go. Oh, very good. Okay, how about you, Tom? I'm back on the electric for this jam. Very good. And how about Andy? I'm back on the saxophone for this one. And Ben, what about you? Uh, I am back on the Wurlitzer. Okay, so I'm going to be starting this one off. So if we're all ready, let's have a jam. Thank you. 
<laughs> well, I think uh, I was the first one to trigger a card there, and I used the the card change key, and we all went up one semitone, or at least I did. Except for me, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I I made no semitone changes. I had a feeling you would. I thought, oh, he's gonna move, he's gonna move to F. He is, he is, and you did. There were wow. a few bars <laughs> where I was trying to work out exactly what had happened, and I'm I'm not sure I made it, but not into the same key that you were in. <laughs> But somewhere near enough. Two out of three is not bad. Nice. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, who's next? I played my atonal card next. Mm. Oh, yes. Now, after the atonal, we got the more notes. Well, I thought it was getting a little bit too melodic. So I thought I'd throw in the, my more notes card just to throw a spanner in the works, as it were. Yeah, well, no, it was a, a, a fine spanner. And I realised that, of course, we've had atonal followed by more notes before. It's a fun combination. So it seems yeah, to be a, a, yeah, a reoccurring a finishing, combination. Finishing move, mm, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I finished off with slow down. Yeah, I think that worked well, having the slow down. Yeah, it was definitely very obvious, like, ooh. Yeah, it was quite a dramatic yeah. kind of slowing yeah, I quite like that. The slowing down seemed to kind of guide it away from more atonal notes <laughs> into something a bit calmer. Yeah, it became slowly more melodic mm. not, yeah. Yeah, as, it, as it slowed. Do you think we were actually choosing to play in a different, like pl- pick different notes? Or do you think just because we were playing slower, it's easier on the ear? Maybe. Ah, maybe. Yeah, it's a good thought. Yeah. Maybe. Less dense note clashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I yeah, I don't know. I really liked um Tom so when it when it slowed down, you you're doing some kind of pitch drop Ooh. on the drums that yeah, yeah. the kind of wail not were you using that, I was just I was retuning a kick drum. Mm. Um I was I was just like when the atonal thing came up I was like how can I make my drums more atonal? And so I detuned the cymbal and that you got that like sort of sound and then yeah. the the kick drum pitching it almost sounded a little bit kind of 8-bit or like like yeah well i think like yeah yeah what, what happens with uh because it was just a cymbal sample and when you play it pitch it down it plays it slower so it like mm. stretches it out and smears it oh was that not crunchy. was that not a bit crush effect no that bit bit crushing just happens naturally when you slow a sample down enough it just becomes crunchy because yeah. there's not mm. enough bits in the sample <laughs> Well, I think it sounded better on the cymbals there than it did on the crow tails that I used on the previous jam. I vehemently disagree. I thought your crow tails sounded fantastic. No, they're, they're oh, that was great. Okay. Yeah, very good. Oh, oh, well. Yeah. Wonderful. Excellent. So that's the end of the show. So to receive notifications of future releases, why not subscribe to the Alki podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Keep up to date on the latest Alki news by following us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, you can help us enormously by recommending the Alki podcast to friends, bandmates, and acquaintances with an appreciation for improvised music. Thank 
concludes episode 9 of Alki, the gamified music improvisation podcast recorded this week at the Kunstraum Exhibition Space in East London. We'd like to thank our guests this week, Thomas Glendening. Thanks so much for having me. That was a load of fun. And Tom Caton. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Cheers, guys. It's been great. We'd like to thank Thomas Cuckle for hosting us at Kunstraum and operating the desk tonight. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you, Thomas. I'm Andy. I'm Benedict. Good night. <laughs>